If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Impact Theory. Today, we are going to be talking all about habits and routines and how to get the absolute most out of every moment of your time. Because I promise if you want to succeed, you've got to get deeply efficient. And that's where habits and routines come in. And I'm going to be taking your questions. So hopefully you guys have some really good ones. And we can talk about exactly what you need to do to hit the goals you want to hit. All right, without further ado, let's hear the first question. Hi, Tom. I'm Danielle. I'm from sunny Orlando, Florida, and I'm a sales professional with a side hustle. My question for you is about side business personal working habits. My husband and I are growing a side business that we have apart from our professional careers, and I've recently taken on a new role, writing blogs about specific topics that the company is all about. My husband already has his personal working habits in place since he's been working on the business for years. I, however, am finding it hard to work this new role into my current daily habits and routine. Not because I don't enjoy working on the business, it's just hard for me to get started and stay productive. So what advice do you have for me when it comes to getting started and building personal working habits that will last and ultimately change my life? All right. So the thing that I love is that you're using the word build because that's exactly what we're going to be doing here. You're going to construct what you want your life to be. You're going to break it up into different hours and segments so you know when it's go time. And then you're going to build rules into your life that mandate that you show up during those times. So I have a whole host of rules in my life. Uh, They can be small, simple rules like I get out of bed in 10 minutes or less. Uh, They can be more profound and impactful goals or, excuse me, rules. And I have a rule in my life where Monday through Friday, if I'm awake, I'm either working or working out. So if I were doing something like you in this situation, I would say, okay, these two two hours or five hours, however much time it is that you want to allocate to the business, you're going to say, I am working on the business during these times. I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to tell other people. That way there's accountability. Then I'm going to score myself at the end of that session. Did I show up? Did I start when I said I was going to start? Did I go hard the whole time? And I'm just going to give myself a rating every day, depending on where I'm going, how I did that day. Was I distracted? Did I have flow? Was it a great day, a bad day? And by doing that, I'm going to hold myself accountable so I can see over time, did I show up when I said I was going to show up? What was the score that I gave myself for staying focused, staying on task and getting things done? And then the third thing to really make this stick, you've got to find a way to be excited about what you're doing. And oftentimes when people come and they say that they're having trouble making a new habit stick, the reality is they just don't want it badly enough. And when you realize that that's not an indictment on you as a person, 
that's a simple statement about the fact that desire is a process. So you don't, there's very few things in your life that you just sort of automatically are excited about. Most of the things, if you really want to kick ass at something, you've got to build a ton of energy into getting excited about that thing. Now, that comes in a couple different forms. Number one is your why. Why are you doing this? So it might be, hey, my husband and I were really excited about this. This is going to be our path to freedom and building something with him. Like this means everything to me. And I couldn't be more excited, more honored to be working side by side with my husband to build something, to show each other what we're capable of, to take care of each other, to, you know, give ourselves what we need to build a family, whatever. You're going to make that why. You're going to say it. You're going to say it with enthusiasm. It's what I call embodying what you want to feel. So if you want to be excited when you're telling other people, when you're even talking to yourself, when you're talking to your husband, you're actually going to let yourself get hyped up. There's a mechanism in the brain that says, whoa, hey, we're all hyped up about this. It must actually be worth being hyped up about. And it becomes a self-reinforcing loop. So we've got our why. And then we want to make sure that we're putting the identity into it that we want to get out. So if we want to be the kind of person that shows up and works hard, then we say, I'm the type of person that shows up and works hard. And you're going to lean into that and the why that you have with your husband. You guys are building something. You're excited about it. You're telling other people. You're embodying it. And now you've got the identity statement of, I'm the type of person that does this. I see this through. And you repeat that cocktail over and over, over and over, and following it up with that score. And all of a sudden, over time, and it will take time because it is a process, but over time, you're going to stick to it because it means something to you and your husband. You've got the rule about showing up. You're rating yourself on how you did that day. You're feeling good on the days that you killed it. And you're reminding yourself to dig a little deeper on the days where you don't. And I promise, if you just work that process over and over and over, two weeks, a month into this, it's just going to be second nature. You're going to be showing up. You're going to be excited. You're going to see it through. And that's it. Just work the process. All right. Who's up next? Hi, Tom. I'm Nima. I'm a business strategist and a mindset coach. My question today is about cold showers. I know that you're a big fan of cold showers. I am as well. I want to understand the exact process that you do it. Do you start with a cold shower right away when you step into your shower? Do you do it in the middle or do you finish off with a cold shower? How many minutes do you usually go for? And do you think that you use purely willpower to do it on a daily basis or does it actually become a habit and uh, in a sense easier to do so? I personally think that it doesn't really physically become easier to do it but mentally, one can gain the strength to do it on a daily basis, hence as a habit. I would like to really hear your thoughts on the topic, and thank you very much for your great show. All right, so first of all, I just want to talk about the notion of doing hard things. So doing hard things is critically important in terms of earning self-respect, um, building those calluses on your mind, as David Goggins calls them, to have the ability to stick with something when it gets difficult. It is such an incredibly powerful skill set. And the only way you're going to get it is if you do hard things. Um, now, I want to be clear that I don't love cold showers. I hate 
cold showers. Cold showers never got easier. Uh, in fact, I would say over time, it really began to chip away at my soul. So I did cold showers every day for one year and three months. I'd promised myself I would do it for a month. So in ending up doing it for 15 months, I was pretty stoked. Uh, now I don't do cold showers anymore. And I'll go back and explain um, the process I was using when I was doing cold showers. Now what I'm doing is water submersion. So cold water submersion. That I find is way more powerful. It is much more difficult, but in a weird way, it's uh, more enjoyable. So when I was doing the cold showers, it went like this. I would get in, stand, bucket naked, dry shower, and just will myself to crank that on because there was nothing worse than standing dry knowing that that cold water is going to hit you. That was by far the worst is that anticipation of like, do you stop and take a couple breaths? Do you just get in there and crank it on? Like without hesitation, it was so powerful to have to face that down day after day after day. It really was pretty incredible. Uh, so that made it more difficult. I did not find it hard if I was taking a warm shower. So um, Wim Hof, the Iceman, recommends that you do a warm shower like normal, but then you end on, he suggests to start with 30 seconds, you end cold. I actually didn't find that that hard. And so because that wasn't hard, I wanted to do it the hardest way possible by starting just dry and going straight for the cold. So that was how I did it the whole time. Um, I would though end on warm most of the time. Every now and then, if it was a hot day or something, I might uh, do cold, warm, cold. Um, it just depended. So there is something about a entirely cold shower that's quite powerful, but I found it very difficult to warm up after. Um, and so that can slow the rhythm of a day down. And I just didn't want to give that much time to it. Okay. So I do that for 15 months. I end up growing this resentment towards my shower. I didn't like the way that felt. I wanted to get back to actually enjoying my shower. And I thought, you know, I have always had a lingering notion in my mind that it would be far better on a physiological level to get the, the um, response that you're looking for at a cellular level from true submersion. And since I have a swimming pool that for most of the year, it's not heated, I thought, well, I'll just start going in the pool um, during the winter months. Um, pool gets down to about 58 degrees. That's plenty cold, let me tell you. And um, it is so much more intense than a cold shower because there is no part of your body that isn't getting the life force sucked out of it by the cold. And so one, you feel like a total badass doing it and you get that self-confidence. You get that, yeah, like I'm here, I'm doing hard things, I'm pushing through. So that gave me a lot of confidence that it was having the kind of physiological effect that I was hoping it was have. Um, so if you can do submersion, I highly recommend it. Um, I would stay in the pool water again. It was about 58 degrees. I would stay in that. The longest I did was 22 degrees, uh, 22 minutes, excuse me. And by the time I got out, I was moving so slowly and my teeth, like I was so afraid I was going to bite my tongue because my teeth were chattering so hard. Um, and so I thought, okay, that's a little too extreme. So I started backing it off. Uh, and then the important part is to warm up naturally. So I wouldn't end up taking a warm shower until say 45 minutes later, um, to give my body, uh, the command that it had to warm up on its own. Um, that was, I think more powerful than the, the cold shower. So now I'm more focused on submersion word. Next up. Hey Tom, 
just wanted to take a second to thank you and your team for all the positive impact you had on my life. I'm Euros from Lithuania and I'm currently studying physiotherapy. I'm also an aspiring personal trainer. And my question is, I have these ups and downs of really good productive work and then something happens and I get down to this baseline, which isn't terrible, but I just know that I can do more. And I just want to find out how do I keep that habit of always producing good quality work with minimal to no downfalls? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Okay, so this is very straightforward, but there are a lot of different pieces that are going to go into it. So the first thing you need to do, whenever somebody wants something, they know what they want, they've got a clear goal, they're prepared to do the work, but they just find there's pretty radical inconsistencies as they're trying to uh, move along that path to really get something going. Number one is that you need to really get amped up about why that goal matters to you. Because once you know why the goal matters, that's going to be that thing that gives you meaning and purpose that turns into a passion that allows you to show up and keep doing it when you're bored. Because boredom kills more dreams than failure. I just promise you. You just get to the point where it's such a grind and you've got to do it day after day, month after month, year after year. It's just like it really drags on. It's like that old outcast song, forever, forever, ever forever, ever. It's like, it's easy to do something once. Maybe you can do it for a week, but when you have to just keep at the grind, then you really have to have a strong why. So figuring out why is it that you care enough about this? Because by the way, if you don't care enough about it to do all this, go find something that you do care enough about to go after, because you can do anything you want in life, just not everything. Now, if you're as angered by that notion as I am, you realize whatever it is you're going to give yourself over to and do all the way, it needs to be something that you are really on fire about. Now, getting on fire about something, you're not born with that. You cultivate that fire. So you're going to pick something, starts as an interest. You're going to pick it, engage with it, fan the flames of that fire by talking about it to yourself, to your friends, to your family, to anybody who will listen about why it matters to you. And then you go hard on that. So like for me, I'm trying to build the next Disney. But why? Why am I trying to build the next Disney? Because I've worked with so many people in the inner cities that were extraordinary, far smarter than I am. And they're doing nothing with their life. Why? Because they don't have the right frame of reference. Their mindset is so limited that even though they have all of this natural skill that they could build upon and turn into something absolutely extraordinary, they're not doing it because they're not thinking about themselves and the world in the right way. Okay, I'm not prepared to live in that world. Right now in America, the number one predictor of your future success is your zip code. Okay, I want to introduce you to a word, maybe you know it, maybe you don't, called an animus. Something that, that pisses you off enough that it animates you to take action. Now you want to find something, a spark of something, and really turn that into this raging inferno of I am not prepared to live in a world where that's true. And now I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to fight. Make sure you focus it, get it specific to a person. Don't let it be abstract. Who's someone you know and love that's struggling with that thing that you want to put an end to? Do you have a mom that's struggling with depression, a brother that has massive anxiety? Whatever the case may be, there's something out there that animates you, that you want to fix, and you attach that to a person that you love and care for. Why? 
so that on a Friday at 2 a.m. when you're exhausted and you're bored and you know you need to show up and have the discipline to see this through, you don't want to be thinking in the abstract. You want to be thinking very concretely about a person who is struggling with that thing and then you can fight for them. I always said at Quest, I was trying to end metabolic disease because my mom and my sister were morbidly obese and I didn't want them to die. So at Friday on at 2 a.m., I wasn't showing up thinking about protein bars. I showed up thinking about them. And suddenly when you're fighting for somebody like that and it's personal, you'll have the energy that you need to see it through. Word. Next. Hi, my name is Aisha. I live in Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm a financial consultant. So for my job, we are required to pass certain certification in order to be promoted. As I was struggling finding time to study, I was advised to wake up a couple hours early and study before work as my brain will be fresh and, and more focused. And I noticed on days when I'm truly motivated, I can get up even before my alarm goes on and put in the number of hours I want. But on days when I don't feel motivated, I will keep on snoozing my alarm until my usual wake-up time and, my, and try to rationalize my excuses in my head. I'm usually pretty hard on myself, and I notice that my brain has found a trick to rationalize my excuses when I don't feel motivated. I know that discipline will be the solution, but what is what would be the process to actually implement the habit slash discipline to just do it without thinking when I'm lacking motivation? Thank you. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you the three steps to this magic formula. And if you do these, it will work every time. So number one, like we've mentioned multiple times already in this episode, motivation. You have to want it. It has to be something that you were on fire for. Literally, as you were describing it, I was like, oh my God, I would study so much. I would ace this exam. You have no idea. I would absolutely kill this because that's my identity. So why is it that you want to do this? Is it that you want to be the best? Is it just a promotion? If it's the promotion and this is just about money, what does that mean? Why does it matter? What are you going to do with the money? Are you the first person in your family to be promoted that far? Are you setting an example for your son or your daughter? Like when you attach it to something that really matters, like for me, it's like, I'm going to dominate. Wherever you put me, I'm going to dominate. That's just my thing. My identity is so wrapped up in outworking everybody else. I love it. So I love going hard, learning, putting more time and energy. My thing is part of my identity. You ready for the secret? Part of my identity is like, I will work so hard at something that people will just assume I'm naturally gifted at that thing because the alternative to believe that I'm spending 40 hours a week, 40 hours a week on top of my full-time job to study for that thing, people, they won't believe that I would put that kind of energy and effort into something. But I will. And so to them, it just looks like magic. Now, I love that shit so much that it becomes very easy for me to use identity statements, okay? So we've got motivation, We're getting amped about it. It matters to us for some reason. Now we've got identity statements. I'm the type of person that, I'm the type of person that works so hard, people assume it's magic. I'm the type of person that works so hard at something that people just assume I'm naturally talented, okay? I love that. I love saying that about myself. I love knowing that it's true. I love knowing that I can trust myself to put in the time and the energy to own it because 
I'm the type of person that knows information is really power. And that if I go in and I work and I get better at this thing, that I'm going to be able to outperform other people, right? Skills have utility. And then the third thing that you're going to do to absolutely dominate is you're going to set rules in your life. I don't care if you've got motivation. I don't care if I have motivation. I get out of bed in 10 minutes or less every day, no matter what, no excuses. But Tom, your leg has snapped off at the knee. I don't care. I'm getting out of bed in 10 minutes or less. But Tom, you only got 45 minutes of sleep. I don't care. I'm getting out of bed in 10 minutes or less. I have a hard and fast rule. It's what I call a bright line. There are bright lines in my life. There is no excuse to lay in bed. There is no rationalization. Nothing matters. It does not matter. Has it been 10 minutes since you woke up? Then you got to get your ass out of bed. It's that simple. And every day, if I miss, and when I miss, I miss by seconds. But if I miss, I confess to my wife. If I miss, I'll even confess on camera and let people know, hey, I didn't get out of bed in 10 minutes or less. Now keep in mind, it was probably 10 minutes and one second. But even then, if the clock has ticked over to the 11th minute, I got to wrap myself out because I don't tolerate that in myself. I have that hard and fast rule. It is a bright line and I act in accordance. Now, the reason that I had to use bright lines is I used to, in my mid-20s, I used to lay in bed for four and five hours a day, every day, if I could get away with it. So hard and fast rules. And then just as a bonus thing, I will say this. Don't set an alarm. Go to bed earlier. Go to bed however early you need to go to bed in order to wake up so that you have a couple of hours. Then your mind really will be fresh. Then you don't need to hit the snooze alarm. I built a billion-dollar business without setting an alarm. Impact theory has grown by 400% in the last two years alone. I've done all that without setting an alarm. There, you do not need to set alarms. I'm telling you, you just need to go to bed earlier. And this is where a lot of people mess up is they're living in this chronic state of fatigue, wondering why they can't see things through. So I forget the coach that said it, but this is so powerful. They said, the quote is, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Don't allow yourself to be tired. It is a unique ring of hell to walk through life tired. So get the sleep you need, set the rules, make sure you've got the motivation, know why you're doing what you're doing, and then rinse and repeat. Just get after it. Next up. Hi, I'm Emmy, and I am a breakup and relationship coach based out of Boston, Massachusetts. And my question for you, Tom, is I recently started my business over this past year. I am still a high school biology teacher of 16 years. And when I come home from school every day, I am mentally drained. And so I find it really challenging to stay consistent with working on my business and doing what I should be doing to keep um, forward momentum and progress. So my question is, do you have any suggestions for habits that I should create to help myself um, work on my business and not have the things that I accomplish just be kind of random? Um, like my checkoff list is kind of all over the place. So any insights that you have to share with me would be really appreciated. And I know that you're probably thinking, oh, these are just excuses. You're tired. We get it. We're all tired. But I'm hoping for some habit suggestions. All right. I don't think you're just making excuses. I think that cellular energy is going to be what you need to focus on. And I can't tell you how much I hate that I have to pay attention to my body in order to achieve the things that I want to achieve. I want to just be able to work around the clock. 
But I know if I try to do that, I won't be cognitively optimized and I won't have the energy that I need. So when I go give talks, oftentimes I'll end up after the talk um, answering questions. And my record is I once stood in a hallway with whatever 50 people around me answering questions without even stopping to pee for 11 and a half hours. Now, by the end of it, people were like, how the hell are you doing this? And the answer was because there are two types of energy. There's psychological energy, right? You're exhausted, right? Imagine it. Oh, you know those days. You're wiped out. But you got that one song. You put that song on and you still got a little ass shaking left in you. And you can just feel it. It changes your mood. You're ready to get up. You're ready to get down. That's psychological energy, okay? We can actually make you suddenly feel like you have this burst of energy. The other part, the one that won't let you down, is real cellular energy. Now, within your cells are a whole bunch of these things called mitochondria. Mitochondria are separate little organelles, okay? They have their own DNA. They are not you, but they are inside your cells, and they are the power plant of your body. And if you don't do things to push your mitochondria to stay razor sharp, productive, to proliferate, you just won't be able to generate the energy. This is why I'm always telling people, you are having a biological experience. Whatever this is, your body may have been given to you by God, fair enough, but he gave you a body. And now you have to deal with the realities of going through life in a body that if you're not eating right, you're not exercising, you will not be able to generate the ATP, which makes you feel like you can go and conquer mountains and do whatever you want. But if you really don't have the energy, then that's a nightmare. This goes back to being tired is a unique ring of hell. It is just absolutely miserable. So you're going to have to get your diet right, which is probably the number one thing to get your energy levels up at a cellular level. You got to get your diet right. And then to um, really push things, you want to start exercising. And then another one, going back to one of our early questions, cold exposure is another way to get your vascular system going, to get your ability to generate ATP up high because cold exposure has a tremendous impact on your mitochondria. Okay, so getting that right, I think is going to solve a lot of problems for you. And you may even need to go and get your thyroid levels checked. Like there's really could be a lot going on biologically. So to put it all into the language of a habit, you're going to go to bed early, however early you need to go to bed to not set an alarm. Number two, when you wake up, don't eat. You're going to work out, work out fasted. Okay. I would highly recommend that you lift weights rather than doing a bunch of cardio. And then next, meditation. You'll be shocked how far that goes. And then we want to um, get some cold exposure in there if we can. That would be a really great way to get you going. And as far as diet goes, making sure when you do eat uh, and try to do intermittent fasting so that you have, call it a 16-hour fasting window and an eight-hour feeding window. And so you're going to push your first meal back to post-workout. And then when you eat, you're going to make it whole foods. So you're going to be eating green leafy vegetables. You're going to be eating meat if you eat meat. That's absolutely fine. Um, No processed foods. If you can avoid it, you should be less than 10% of what you eat should be processed. Obviously, zero is the ideal. Uh, But realistically, if you can make less than 10% of it processed, you're going to be golden. If you do that all the time, you're going to feel like a million bucks. You, You just cannot overestimate how big of a deal sleep 
diet, and exercise make. It is life-changing, and it's the one thing most people aren't willing to do. But if you want cellular energy, that's the habit you're going to have to get in. Word. All right, who's next? Hello, Impact Theory family. Thanks for this opportunity. I'm Mika Darling. I currently live in Arizona. So this is the question I have for you. I'm currently in a job that I hate. I'm currently at a weight that I definitely hate. I'm ashamed of it. And no matter how horrible it is and how isolating it is, I just can't bring myself to get out of this routine of comfortability. Uh, at the age of 15, I lost my mother and then I shortly became, uh, shortly after that, I became homeless. And so a lot of my behavior, I excuse it away because I say, oh, you've had a rough life. I've been to therapy. I got into metaphysical, even did hypnosis and nothing is shaking me to my core. How can I become comfortable with being uncomfortable? Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. Hopefully you can help me. See ya. Bye. Okay. So here is the hard reality that um, I know all too well uh, growing up in a morbidly obese family. Unfortunately, no one is going to be able to help you. We can give you all the tools and tactics and tips, but at the end of the day, you've got to be in a place where you want it. You're excited about it. You're amped. You're imagining like what your dream job is going to be and you're figuring out what you're going to have to do to get that dream job and you're going to go through the application process and all the rejection you're going to have to go through in order to finally get where you want to go. Maybe you have to study something. Maybe you have to build a, a, you know, a marketing deck on spec or whatever to get their attention. But you're going to do all that because you're excited about what that dream job is. And you know, on a long enough timeline, you can win that job. But it's about like, I'm not moving away from hating this job because that's obviously not enough. I'm moving towards something that's exciting to me. And we're going to build that energy. We're going to build that excitement, that enthusiasm. We're going to tell ourselves, I'm the type of person that does whatever the hell it takes to get that job. So you're going to figure out what it takes. You're going to call them. You're going to ask, what does the ideal candidate look like? What do I need to do in the interview process to make you confident that I'm the right person for you to hire? And then whatever they tell you to do, do that and more. The number of people that think, well, I shouldn't have to do all that just for a job interview. It's like, sure, fine. You're not going to get the job. Like, Everybody wants to be blown away. To have unusual success, your job is to leave people in awe. Okay? So that's the job side. We're going to do all that. We're going to go leave them in awe. We're going to get our dream job. We're going to set our mind to something. We're going to keep going. We're going to push past all the rejection, which is inevitable. It's not a commentary on you. It is the nature of getting a job. Now, the next part. I can tell you right now, there's one word that's causing all your problems, and that is you're ashamed. You're ashamed of your weight. Don't be. Okay? This is just biology. We're playing a game of figuring out what do we have to do to get the body that we want. Now, the problem is your biology is going to fuck with you. So did you know fat is an organ? Meaning, like your liver, like your heart, like your kidneys, it is an organ. It secretes hormones. It tells your body to want certain things, to behave in certain ways, to eat certain foods. Your microbiome is essentially an organ. It's five pounds of bacteria in your gut that respond to what you eat, that the population changes based on what you eat. And then to make sure that they survive, they keep telling you to eat more of that. 
So you've got your fat cells screaming at you to keep eating, to keep overfeeding so that they can stay safe. They don't want to um, feel like they've entered into a famine period where now they have to get rid of this incredibly um, useful extra stored energy. You've got your microbiome saying, hey, that fast food that you've been eating, eat more of that because we're optimized for it. We want it. We need it. We won't survive if you change your diet. So you've got a lot of things working against you from a biological level, okay? I'll say this. The deck is stacked against you. Mom died when you were young that had massive cognitive implications, okay? Would have at a very formative age impacted you. You were homeless. That creates this sense of fight or flight. It's a high stress moment. Not only is that going to push you to eat more, but I'm sure at the time you were struggling financially as well, which means you're going to be eating cheaper foods, which are going to be highly processed, okay, which is going to exacerbate the problem. So all of this stress, inflammation, emotional trauma, all of that is going on, okay? You have every reason in the world to not get your act together, right? But I will say this. Now what? You can... Keep doing what you're doing now, and you're going to keep getting the result that you're getting. And that's fine, by the way. You shouldn't be ashamed of that. If that's a life that you choose, choose it. Do it. Don't be ashamed of it. Recognize that it is a choice. If, on the other hand, you're like, fuck this. I'm not happy here. I don't want to live like this. I want to do something different. Well, now we have to go into it with our eyes wide open. Your biology is working against you. But that doesn't mean that you can't overcome it. You absolutely can. There is no human being that is incapable of losing weight. It's just that the only bulletproof way to lose weight, which I will tell you, I will give it to you, would be the world's simplest thing. But your fat cells are going to scream out. They're going to mess with your hormones. Your microbiome is going to mess with you. So you're going to have to want it badly enough to see it through. Now, I know you can do it. It's just a question of whether or not you're going to want it badly enough to see it through. But here's all you have to do. Eat whole food exclusively, okay? Green, leafy vegetables, nothing processed, chicken, beef, um, fish. Keep the fish small if you can to avoid toxins. But, you know, as long as we're not eating swordfish or eating it for every meal, it's probably better than some of the alternatives that you're taking in. Zero processed food. No crackers, cookies, none of that stuff. First of all, it has a just obscene amount of sugar. It has glyphosate, which has all kinds of downstream problems on your microbiome that are going to continue to create problems. I just want to say this is doable. It is hard. But even if the deck is stacked against you, even if you do legitimately have it worse than every other human being on the planet, now what? Now what? What are you going to do? You're not a bad person if you're like, it's just not worth the energy. Fine. Know what the realities are. It's going to shorten your life. Whatever emotional problems you have over looking that way, uh, the inflammation doesn't feel good, all of that. But you're not a bad person. And if you want to go in this direction, well, then it's like, fuck, let's celebrate what that's about. Right? Let's know our why. Let's know what we're going for. And if it's to look really good in a fucking pair of skinny jeans, then let's own it. Let's look really good in those skinny jeans. Don't let people tell you that you have to be doing it because you want to be healthy. I love some healthy. 
But man, whatever really motivates you, whatever's really true, whatever actually gets you excited, don't let people shame you into thinking you have to do it for you know, some specific reason. Because let me tell you, the vast majority of pounds that have ever been lost all throughout human history is about looking good in skinny jeans. <laughs> That's just the reality. So, but that doesn't make you a better person. This doesn't make you a worse person. Over here, you're less healthy. It's going to have its consequences. And over here, it's going to be harder. You're going to have to stay focused. You're going to have to keep pushing through. So decide what it is you want to do and get fucking amped about it. And if you can't get amped about it, focus on that. You got to focus on the motivation. You've got to get yourself in a position where you want the change. But don't spend cycles lashing yourself, hating yourself. I can think of nothing worse. The only thing that makes me sad is when somebody's overweight, eating ice cream by themselves in the corner of the Cold Stone, crying, right? That's fucking heartbreaking. An overweight person enjoying ice cream like it was their last fucking meal, good on you. The person over here that never touches ice cream, man, because they're going hard. They know what they want. They're amped. They want to live forever. They want to feel good. They want to look good. They want to be strong. I get that. Put time and energy into it. Their choices. No matter how hard something is, you've got a choice. And so I always come back to that one simple phrase. Now what? I'm in this situation. Let me tell you, Tom Bilyeu has a very easy time putting on fat and a very hard time getting lean. Now what? You going to work harder and get the six-pack abs or not? And that's it. All right. I know you can do this. You got this. I'm cheering for you. But ultimately, as much as I wish I could want it for people, I cannot. You've got to want this for yourself. You have to take responsibility and know that you can get whatever you want. Whole food, that's it. You do that, be a life changer. All right, guys, I'm telling you, you are but one habit, one killer routine away from having the exact life that you want. Your life is a reflection of the choices that you make. It doesn't mean that some things aren't way harder for you than they are for other people. It doesn't mean that other people don't have more, 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 more motivation than you. It doesn't mean that some people don't generate more cellular energy than you. But all of us can make a different choice at any time, set rules in our lives, focus on our motivation, get super hyped about something, find a way by connecting this hard-ass thing that we have to do to our identity to a person that we love and letting it be about them and not just that thing or focusing on the end result and being hyped about how good we're going to look in the skinny jeans. You're having a biological experience. Figure out what are the things that you need to do to manipulate your biology to get the results that you want, right? Setting rules, being excited, following through on something because you said you would, you told yourself, you told other people to trigger going back to the biology, to trigger that desire for congruence. Man, I said it to them, fuck, they're watching, I better do it. Use any tool at your disposal. But if you get the habits, the routines, the rules, the identity right, you get all that stuff right, and you will have your ideal life. All right, guys, that's it. This really is doable. You can have any life you want. So go out, make it real. And if any of that sounded like bullshit, I want you to let me know. I want people to come at me. I want people to say, no, 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 this guy's just a hype machine. Cool. Come at me, bro. Because I'm telling you, this stuff works. I've done this in my own life. I've watched other people do it. I'll take any heckling people have. If you think something is dumb, let me know. You'll either change my mind and open me up to something new, or you'll give me a chance to show you that there's nuance and that this stuff really does come together into a tapestry of 
magically delicious lives. There it is. All right, guys. Until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.